Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's episode 126 of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It is One Man's Opinion. Thank you, thank you, thank you, one and all, for all of your support uh, of this show and what we do here on this podcast. A little, uh, I, I, I don't, it's not a side venture, but you know, it's a whatever. It's it's a it's a heart matter. We like to put all the efforts into uh, making a great program and bringing you entertaining and fun fantasy analysis. And that is what we do here on One Man's Opinion. So thank you for that. Thank you for everybody that has downloaded and recommended the show and is leaving feedback. My God, that is fantastic. I actually got like a um, some kind of notification like, hey, you got feedback you haven't seen yet from, I think it was on Spotify. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's wonderful. If you're just stumbling in, welcome in. This is One Man's Opinion. My name is Jeff Manns. You can hear me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio 4 to 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. They just changed my show time. I'll talk about that here in, in just a few moments. Uh, so 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time every weekday. Also Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show with Bob Harris. I'm also part owner and chief content officer over at fantasyguru.com. So we have the 2022 Fantasy Football Draft Guide on sale. It's a full in-season product. I want everybody to know that. Because for three months, I've been promoting the draft guide, but it's it's all season. It's weekly rankings, weekly projections, and stardoms, and sit-ems, and buy low, and sell high, and streamers, and waiver pickups, numerous injury reports, and practice reports, and waivers, and chats, and live streams, and podcasts, and IDP, and all, everything in the world you need to win your league. We don't just throw a bunch of shit at you before the season and say, good luck fuckers. Like that's not what we do. By the way, this is an uncensored podcast. I apologize. If your kids are in the car, or you don't have the earbuds in yet, get them in now. Let you be warned. You should know. That's why the advisory sticker is on all the download portions of this program. So uh, my name is Jeff Mance and we are very opinionated. We will, I say we, because there's multiple people that go into this program. Our producer, Sean Engel, um, that produces this and Sandro Nello part, uh, part-time producer on this program as well. And we've got uh, a host of other people. And today, today's one of those days. So this is what something that I want to get out. And I tried to put this together, but it wasn't able to come about. I tried to get, I wanted a spontaneous fantasyguru.com member show. So I'm very interested if you are a subscriber over at Fantasy Guru and you've listened to this show since the jump and if you've been with us through the years, I really I'm looking for you. Hit me up Twitter or Discord or wherever and I want to have you guys on the round table cuz I think that's of of everything that I look forward to and everything that I'm motivated by here in 2022, it's number one is all of you, the subscribers, the supporters that just want to win their leagues. They want information. And I want to be as direct with you as humanly possible. So I'm looking, I almost put that together for this episode, wasn't able to pull it off, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to read off questions from our fantasyguru.com discord. That is a 24 seven chat room. It is live all season long, all year long quite frankly, um, for our subscribers only. 
that you can go there and interact with all of us, Armando Marsal and Ted Schuster and Ray Flowers and Tyler Beaker and Russell Clay, myself and MLB model and CJ Kaltenbach and Scotty Bonder and Mike the Beard and Ryan Clifford and all our entire team over at fantasyguru.com. So get that out of the way. Speaking of which, do you want to say that remember our football packages over there are also college football packages. College football season gets going. It was week zero last weekend. We got week one coming up here. Our team is going to be doing a weekly live stream right after mine, after the NFL live stream. We're going to have a college football live stream and get you ready for sun, Saturday mornings and get you the bets and the DFS winners that you need by conference, by site. It's the best content in college football, and it's included in all of our football packages. So I, I think that's pretty a great bonus for those who love their college football, want to win money on college football as well. So that's what's on tap today. I'm also going to give you, since this is the last real episode before we start getting into week one and the start of the season, I'll give you my final draft notes. I'll talk about some of the players cut and new landing places here on this episode. I will also talk about what I'll call stupid deep fantasy players there's a group of players i want you to be aware of you don't even have to draft these guys in, fa in fact none of them i'm not even going to give you a draftable player right now i'm talking about keep your eye on i'm talking super d i'm talking you're in a 16 teamer goes 20 rounds okay maybe type stuff right that's where i'm going to go with this all right, and answer everybody's questions as well. So there you go. Uh, update on the SiriusXM show. Yes, we are moving three to five. A lot of you asking the question, what is up with that? Why that's going on? I mean, I think I can say it as of now. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to do. I, I'm pretty sure I can because it's on the schedule. Uh, Matthew Barry is coming in to SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. He's going to be hosting a show. Every weekday evening, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So basically, we all just moved up an hour. And, um, you know, they were very, very gracious about it. Asked us if we'd be willing to do so and everything else. And listen, Matt Barry, you may love him. You may hate him. You know, um, just like you love or hate me. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you love, most likely love. Or you just, you, you want to just hate listen, which I, I get as well. But uh, he's the king. I mean, there's nobody bigger and better than Matthew Barry, right? And what he's doing on NBC Sports is really big. And that's the thing I want everybody to understand. And I want everybody to know that like Matt Barry has helped me in my career. I've talked about that before. Being on the Sunday Night Game of the Week on NBC is fucking huge for our industry. We are finally going to get a voice, a fantasy spin and voice in game. It's not in the booth yet. Half pregame, halftime, postgame, fine and dandy, right? Eventually, we'll, we will be in the booth. Eventually, there there will be a third, a second or third member of the booth that's giving a fantasy angle, right? That that's going to be an important element. I think in the future of broadcasting NFL football games, college football games and sports in general. So it has to start with baby steps and Matt Barry's the guy to do it. And he's breaking down that wall and my hat is off to him. So I'm excited to have him as part of the Sirius XM fantasy sports radio family that is going on. Um, 
So there you go. Let's talk about the news of the week. And again, this I'm recording this late Wednesday night. All right. So there will be many changes and things. Rosters are still taking shape across the National Football League. And I urge each and every one of you, all right, each and every one of you need to be available and need to be ready to not react and not overreact. Every bit of news doesn't mandate your reaction and you you don't change anything, right? We have worked too hard. Think about the work that has gone in. I wrote up every single NFL team coach, assistant coach, coordinator, every personnel decision they've ever made, every scheme they've ever used, every blocking system they've ever used, every defensive front, every offensive front, every base coverage, every personnel decision and grouping, right? And play calling and play design. Do you know I'm a, that's not like easy and stuff, right? I'm not, I think there's a, some people don't realize that it's not Google. Uh, uh, Atlanta Falcons offensive system. Uh, uh, just get a bunch of information. No, that's not, that's not it. There's a lot of info. I know these teams inside out every which way in the world. That's the kind of work that goes into our rankings and projections at fantasyguru.com. Okay. So with that being said, we're not going to overreact based on the ends of rosters. We'll tweak things here and there. And I've moved some players up and down. I think that's one of the questions that I will, uh, uh, you know, I will be on for um, the next hour. I'll talk about some of the questions that are asked in our Discord at fantasyguru.com as well. But the big news of the week, I mean, let's talk about number one, Brian Robinson being shot. That was absolutely brutal. There's, he's out of the hospital already, which is great news. They said he will play in 2022. That's great news. I think we still have to be very careful on expecting anything from him early on in the season. You know, it doesn't look like he's going to be on the pup list yet. Now that may happen by the time this recording comes out. Cause there's a, I don't think there's any way he doesn't wind up at least out four weeks, if not eight, 10 weeks. And that pretty much takes him off of our radar from a fantasy standpoint. Would I spend late round pick on him and hold him? Yeah, but that's that's exactly it. And I, I advise everybody about this, is if you're going to spend a pick on Brian Robinson or whoever, this needs to be a long-term play. All right, a long, you, you're going to wait eight, 10 weeks for this to bear fruit. So just be careful with that. Antonio Gibson gets a reprieve. Again, I'm not moving up anything. And this is one of those situations that I was on Brian Robinson. You saw my TikTok video. He was on my late round running back list. I have a bunch of shares of him in best ball, even in some industry leagues and high stakes leagues. But at this time, beginning of September, I'm just staying away from Washington. It's pretty easy to me. If I get a crazy deal on Antonio Gibson, fine. But I'm not going to. And I think Gibson has some value going even when Robinson comes back because I think he'll start offsetting J.D. McKissick. So Gibson going 75 overall over the last few days. He's back in the seventh round. He had fallen to rounds 10-11 just a week ago before 
the gunshot and everything else. So I don't, I'm not in at seventh round for Gibson. I get Josh Jacobs and Elijah Mitchell and JK Dobbins and Devin Singletary and Ramondre Stevenson. I ain't fucking with Antonio Gibson at that spot. Okay. Other big news item, Najee Harris foot injury. Okay. You guys, we're all cool, right? We're, we're like cool. It's hard for me. I know, and I'm going to confide in all of you uh, podcast listeners something. I understand that I sound like an asshole, that I sound snobbish, or it seems like I'm talking down to people, or that I think I'm smarter. Number one, let's get that out of the way. There's plenty of episodes where I address that I'm not that smart, and I don't really believe I'm smarter than everybody. I really don't. There's just, that's why I think I get so passionate and upset because if I could figure certain things out, I feel like everybody in the world should be able to, it should be an easy connection. Okay. So, but that's, I'm never going to change. That's the passion I bring. It's what I believe. It's how I live my life. So it is what it is. And I'm not for everybody. That's cool. And that's fine. I cannot understand why anybody would feel so desperate to react to Najee Harris being hurt five weeks ago, five weeks ago. This is not an injury that happened. He played in a game, practiced all week, doesn't have another game for two weeks. There's no story. There's no worry. There's no concern. There's nothing there. There's no fucking way. He plays in a preseason game if he's not at 110%. And Mike Tomlin came out yesterday, which is Tuesday, and said, there's no, what are you guys talking about? There's no injury here. He has foot stepped on. Najee Harris called it a Liz Frank. We associate Liz Frank with bad things, but it wasn't a real Liz Frank injury. It wasn't a tear, which is what we worry about. Okay. Now, he may get hurt, may happen in week one, but it has nothing to do with this injury. There's This is a non-issue. You're going to throw out the only 80% snap count running back in the National Football League because of an injury he suffered five weeks, and then he played. It just doesn't make any sense. So please don't do it. Okay? So those are the two big items. A bunch of inj- or, uh, cu- players cut, released. Uh, Sony Michelle, surprising cut by the Dolphins a little bit. Although we all kind of knew, I knew that it was either Mostert or Sony Michelle. It was doubtful they were going to keep both of them. We knew Chase Edmonds was good. Although I got to say, I think Miles Gaskin got a pass, which that was surprising. Like that really, as I thought, but you know, Gaskin has a different, skill set than Sonny Michelle. So, you know, Jared Dokes, we knew was going, you know, guy from Cincinnati who I actually like, I hope he catches on somewhere, but we, we had an idea that somebody was going to get cut. I thought it would be Gaskin over Michelle. It wasn't Sonny Michelle now signs in Los Angeles to be with the chargers. It's like, okay, that's another crowded backfield for one. I don't know where, um, you know, where he, why he keeps signing in all of these with all of these uh, crowded backfields like New England, Los Angeles, Miami. Go, dude, get the fuck out of there. Just go to Atlanta, bro. Go to fucking Atlanta. What are you doing? 
right? And now he played in Los Angeles last year. Probably didn't, maybe he didn't sell his house. So it makes sense. The Chargers are a hella good team. So I can't fault him for wanting to play for the LA Chargers. I just can't. But, you know, and he's a good fit. Now he's an outside zone runner, Sonny Michelle. Did very well in that scheme last year for the Rams. And is going to, uh, um, He'll do well when given opportunity in L.A. Now, the real question is, how does this affect Austin Eckler, Isaiah Spiller? For me, Isaiah Spiller is still the clear handcuff. Sonny Michelle wasn't brought here to be the starter or even to be a long-term replacement. He was brought here to be a veteran running back. They just didn't – they valued him because when Michelle signed, Larry Roundtree got released. I, 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 was surprised. I was surprised. I didn't – Roundtree ran well. So I'm little surprised that that happened, but they didn't have a ton invested in Roundtree. So we could never be that surprised at a player like that leaving. So Michelle was brought here to be a veteran presence. Now, what does worry me is that they, between bringing in Sony Michelle, drafting Isaiah Spiller, having two young running backs and Kelly and Roundtree already in place, obviously get rid of Roundtree now, but that's like, a problem for Eckler, isn't it? Doesn't that scream Austin Eckler? Remember, Austin Eckler had three more carries than Javante Williams last year, right? That's not a lot. His 70 catches were huge. His 20 touchdowns were massive. But we've got serious regression at the touchdown department coming. And if they're going to use Josh Kelly or Sonny Michelle in any specific way, it's got to be the goal line just makes the most sense for either one of those bigger backs. So that's, you know, regression happening there. Keeping Austin Eckler fresh makes sense. So I think that takes the bloom off the rose. But if there's a wipeout, if he, if Eckler misses a game, do they end up splitting it with a little bit of Spiller, a little bit of Michelle? Yeah, probably be a nightmare. But if he rips his ACL tomorrow, for the majority of the season, it's going Isaiah Spiller moves into that role. And that's another important thing that I want to talk about with handcuffing. Handcuffing is long-term security. That's what we're aiming for. There is a big difference in what a team will do when their starting running back goes down for a week as opposed to their starting running back down for a season. Same with the quarterback position, right? Josh Johnson just cut by the Broncos, but likely re-signed. He's that guy that he's Johnny on the spot. You need a guy comes in, fills in for a week, maybe two, and he's out. But you're not if your quarterback goes down a week three of the season. That's going to be you know your Tyler Huntley, Chase Daniels. Somebody has long term appeal that will get better with more time. And that's what Spiller is in L.A. And that's what handcuff. That's our value. We're not looking for who's the immediate. So that's where that's the my handcuff chart and grid over at fantasyguru.com. Um, my the handcuff for these players are long term solutions. Okay, so that's that's an important thing. It's not what happens for one game. It's what happens for the longer term. Because that is ultimately what we're trying to fill in. Uh, other news around the league, uh, Trey Sermon gets released by the 49ers. This is one day 
after Peter King, who's supposedly pretty tight in, reported that Trey Sermon was the number two running back to Elijah Mitchell in San Francisco. It didn't happen. That job belongs to third-round pick Terrian Davis-Price. Uh, obviously, watch out for Jeff Wilson. I'm sure Wilson will probably be used more than Price to start the year. He's got more time in the system. He's a bigger back. Okay. So, but if there's a long-term injury to Eliza Mitchell, and he got hurt twice last year, had surgery in the offseason, Tyreon Davis Price, TDP, is the guy. And once again, it's something we've said all along this offseason. It hasn't been easy because we don't have any. Remember that we have no reporting in San Francisco. You can't trust the fucking thing. The same people said that Trey Lance, everybody loves Trey Lance, loved him a year ago, him a year ago, and he didn't play a fucking game. He played when Garoppolo went hurt against Arizona and then a uh, second time later in the season, forget who they played. But that was it. He was never a starter. And like, uh, the whole time, all we heard was, oh, two weeks, it'll be Trey Lance time. Four weeks, it'll be Trey Lance time. They don't fucking know. They don't know what they're doing. So don't listen to them. See, shame on us for listening to them. I know we grew up with sports writers and reporters. I know. But, and I used to do that. I did that job for a couple of years. It's awful. It's just awful. So that's the way the San Francisco backfield turns out. Um, the other thing, a trade, Minnesota acquires. Uh, it's so that's it's like a meme getting Jalen Rieger from the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles could have drafted Justin Jefferson. They didn't. They drafted Rieger. That let Minnesota draft Justin Jefferson. The rest is history. So then Minnesota is just rubbing it in their fucking faces by going out and trading a seventh-round pick, conditional, by the way, for Jalen Rieger. It's how little they think of Jalen Rieger. And Jalen Rieger is bad. I mean, he was so bad last year. I'm not totally – I don't like – Philip Dorsett, Corey Coleman, Jalen Rieger. These are guys I've spoken out publicly on every one of those draft picks in the first round. I thought there were some of the worst picks at the time, and not a single one of them has defied me. Not one of them. These one-dimensional players. The problem I have is they're not first-round talent, and you passed up other first-round and highly perennial all pro talent at other positions in order to try to fill in a one trick pony. But I think Rieger does fit in this offense pretty well in Minnesota. It's going to be the deep threat. Don't be surprised. And he can't catch a ball. That's you can't be as bad as he played last year. You just can't you, right? You get so many wide. I mean, Jalen Hurts put it on the money and this fucker couldn't catch the ball. Cousins will put it on the money. Maybe it's a more catchable ball for Rieger. New quarterback, the ball comes out different. Any receiver will tell you that. So there's a chance here. And I think it cuts into KJ Osborne. You shouldn't have been drafted KJ Osborne to start with. You just shouldn't have been. Okay. We know it's to the moon for Jefferson. We know Adam Thielen is a touchdown monster when he's healthy. Irv Smith is back. There's just not a lot for Osborne. And what Osborne does is what Justin Jefferson does. That's what Adam Thielen does. They've, they only three of these fucking guys. That's not the way it works. They needed a downfield threat, and that's how Rieger is going to be. So uh, there you go. Uh, other news are around the National Football League or um, other cuts that have happened. Um, 
you know, Kellen Munn from Minnesota while we're talking about that. That was interesting. Uh, Minnesota like jettisoned a lot of offensive line draft picks. That, that the reason you, you see Chaz Surratt and uh, Wyatt Davis and Kellen Mund and some of these guys leaving in Minnesota is because the scheme is different. The whole team is different. That's why I love people predicting breakouts for Minnesota. I don't, you know, I love it if somebody goes on tape and says, I think Minnesota's good duo, but they don't know what they're doing. They're based on, on what they did last year and that their new head coach coached in LA. That doesn't mean dick. It's the dumbest analysis I could think of. So don't do it and don't listen to it. I think Minnesota's in a rebuilding phase. Could they squeak out a 10-win season in that division? Sure. But if I'm betting, I'm betting on the Lions to finish ahead of the Vikings this year. All right? The Patriots, you know, Brandon Bolden's in 40 catches is in um, Las Vegas. James White retired. And then they cut J.J. Taylor. It's wide open for Andre Stevenson, Joe. Ramondre Stevenson. I love Ramondre Stevenson. That's another guy going in the ninth round of drafts currently. Boy, he's a you could get away starting him. It's not ideal. For me, he's an ideal number three. But he, you can he's like AJ Dillon. It's not a big folks, there's not a big difference there. There just isn't. In fact, Stevenson could be very similar. J.J. Dillon, or I'm sorry, more consistent than A.J. Dillon. Because he's going to be the pass-catching back. And he's a battery ram who could easily fill in for goal line work for Damian Harris. So I like it a lot. And J.J. Taylor leaving is just one more notch in the belt of a great preseason and a great pre-draft run for Ramondre Stevenson. All right. Um... Other notable players released. Um, let's see. I mean, my cheat sheet's gone. Kenyon Drake signing. I think that's a newsworthy item. Kenyon Drake signing with the Ravens. Gus Edwards on the pup list. Likely J.K. Dobbins misses week one, although it's still not. It's only about a it's three out of four chance. So still got 25% chance that Dobbins is ready. Looked good in drills the other day for the Baltimore Ravens. I think Kenyon Drake could start week one for that team. I think Kenyon Drake will be a legitimate every week usable player in that Baltimore offense. He's kind of what they needed. So he's got some standalone appeal. I wouldn't like to try to guess when he's going to be productive when he's not. So it's better. It's a better pick for a best ball type of league. All right. Than it is anything else. Um, I think those are the most notable. There's always, you know, everybody freaks out about every bit of news, but you guys, please be better than that. Please don't, you know, not every, there, oh, um, there, there's other pieces of news that you just don't need to react to. It's like, man, you did too much work. You've come too far to now throw it all away because you know, somebody's referencing some beat writer who doesn't even do his job or doesn't even do the job that you think he's doing. You know, you, you think that he has some kind of inside contact or information, and he doesn't. So just be really careful. Oh, Josh Gordon was the other one. Ah, fuck him. Josh Gordon might sign with the Titans probably by the time this is up. He was visiting the Titans. I have no interest in Josh Gordon. None at all. Uh, Kyle Phillips, Robert Woods, Traylon Burks. I like all of them. 
more in Tennessee, even if Josh Gordon were to sign. All right. Oh, Marlon Mack, that's the other one. I mean, I've told you for how long about Damian Pierce now. We've been on him the whole time. If you want to give credit to other people, just go to the Scott Fish Bowl, go to spikeweek.com, search who drafted Damian Pierce a month ago, and you'll see. It's all Elite Mafia. It's me. It's Ray Flowers. It's Armando Marsal. It's Tyler Beaker. It's our entire Russell Clay. It's our our squad. We were on Pierce, and we, we knew this going away. So to us, it isn't news. It's another reason you got to get in there at fantasyguru.com because what's going to happen is this is where everybody, the people think I'm an asshole are the non-subscribers because you think, well, he's just so full of himself. I'm not I'm full of myself. We're just, what do you want us to do? It's our job. We, we're telling you what's going to happen before it happens. Give you, we pave the road for you to get the players like Mike Honcho, like Nicole Hardman, like Damian Pierce. We identified these situations months ago. We've told you endless amounts of reasoning. We'll happily reapply that to you anytime you ask about those guys. And and now it's happening. And we saw the first evidence and Damian Pierce. So that so we don't think we're better than anybody. We're just we're not afraid to to take a stand. And I think that's what's going to win you a championship. And if your draft is coming up this weekend, you, you need somebody like me, Russell, Tyler, Armando. You need those of us that are will, willing to take a stand. The li- life isn't kumbaya. Fantasy football isn't kumbaya. Okay? So there you go. Um, what else? Let's talk about uh, some stupid deep players to talk about. Just need to know the names of a couple of guys, Jalen Warren from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Get a lot of questions about him in our chat room. Um, Anthony McFarlane, that's another guy that was released. Surprised that he got released from Pittsburgh, though. Just couldn't couldn't get it together, even with his former offensive coordinator in Matt Canada. Benny Snell's the handcuff to Najee Harris. And then Jalen Warren, a undrafted free agent out of Oklahoma State. He's... Now the third string running back. The thing about Warren is he doesn't, he's not Najee Harris. Smaller guy, good frame, but relatively slight of frame, more of a pass catching back than anything else. Where Snell is not a pass catching back. So that's, you know, he's more of that third down change of pace back, if you will. But a guy you should know. Um, Jordan Mason, San Francisco 49ers, another player that he made the team where Trey Sermon, third-round pick from a year ago, got released. Jordan Mason's a Georgia Tech kid. Uh, he's got better size, better strength. He's more of a power runner. Does fit that one, one cut system as well. Um, D, you know, the, you can't, you don't want to roster Jordan Mason. You need to know about him. Is he the next Elijah Mitchell? We don't know. It could fucking be. Shanahan loves playing these these items, like loves playing these dark horse wide or running backs. You know what I mean? Um, that that's what it is. So, anyway, we've got um, we've got other players that uh, are stupid deep that you need to know about. Um, wide receivers, Khalil Shakir from the Buffalo Bills was a fifth round pick 
if memory serves this uh this past year he's buried in the depth chart i think he's the long-term answer though for buffalo's slot wide receiver this is a player coaches love he is such a good kid such a hard worker he's got decent size decent speed does he is his career is he the new steve tasker possibly he'll play special teams for you. he'll play at a slot he'll do whatever it takes and i think this is right up uh, uh the buffalo bills sean mcdermott ken dorsey right up their alley this kid khalil sakir shakir um fifth round pick from this year I think he works his way onto the field, had a tremendous training camp, did all the things that I told you about back in April. He really endeared himself, and it looks like Isaiah McKenzie won won that slot-wide receiver job. We know what a high rate, target rate Cole Beasley's got the last few years in Buffalo, and that's why they signed Jameson Crowder, but it looks like McKenzie wins it. But McKenzie and Crowder are both gone after this year. So in a dynasty format, secure, very intriguing talent to me. The other one was Tyler Johnson, who got cut by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And why not when you you sign Julio Jones and Russell Gage? By the way, can I just say this? This is why you need to listen to the right people with fantasy football information. Because all the people that were telling you to draft Russell Gage a month ago could have had Damian Pierce this whole time. Who would you rather have? I'm not kidding. That's Russell Gage was the guy everyone was telling you is going to be a huge impact. Oh my God. This is, they were telling you this while Tom Brady wasn't even at camp and we weren't even sure if he was coming back. And after, even after they signed Julio Jones. So yeah, you could have had all, all your shares of Russell. Put Russell, take Russell Gage off your team. Put Damian Pierce on any of your drafted teams, including your best ball teams. And that's probably what you would have, you'd like your team a lot better, don't you? Yes. So that's why it matters. That's why information matters. Um, Tyler Johnson, though, goes to Houston. Tyler Johnson was very good at Minnesota. He is a great slot receiver. He's got adequate size. He is every bit as good as Rashad Bateman. Every bit as good. I Listen, if I had to pick between the two, I would choose Bateman, right? But he's every – he. I mean, Tyler, if you wound up with Tyler Johnson, it's not going to disappoint you. So now he gets a chance in Houston. You've got Brandon Cooks, and you've got Nico Collins. Nico Collins is an outside receiver. So you've got Tyler Johnson – and I'm, I'm going to be very interested in how the Houston Texans manipulate Cooks versus Johnson because Cooks plays outside where I think he should, and he will command the most attention. You could put Tyler Johnson inside, and that could be a huge weapon. That's what they do at Stanford. That's what they did with Pep Hamilton. It's what they did for Davis Mills at Stanford in college. I think Tyler Johnson could be a great fit there and will be a great fit there. Um, CB Fioco, you know, this is the one that Dallas Cowboy wide receiver made the team. Tolbert's banged up, had a bad camp. Gallup's not ready to start the season. Washington got put on IR. Like CB Fioco uh, was a fifth round pick a year ago, didn't get much time. And that's out of, a guy out of Stanford 
uh, as well. He played that role, got some size, showed well this training camp. I'll tell you, I got turned on to him from a caller on the Sirius XM show, right? Like, um, I'm very intrigued by him. And who somebody's got to catch the football, right? Somebody's got to catch the football for the Dallas Cowboys. And C.D. Lamb's going to uh, garner the most attention of anybody. So I, I think that Simi Fioko, S-I-M-I-F-E, that's his first name, Simi. Think uh, not like semi, like in Coming to America, but Simi. And now Fioko, F-E-H-O-K-O. Very intriguing player for the Dallas Cowboys. And somebody's got to jump up to be the number two. Gallup, long-term, if you're in a best ball, going way too late, I like him. However, somebody's got to, the first couple weeks, it's got to be somebody else. And I just don't know if Tolbert's ready. Final player, I'm going to stick with the Dallas Cowboys and, and go Jake Ferguson. Do you think the Dallas Cowboys are above playing games? I don't know. I do not believe they are. I think they'll play games. What do we know? We know Dalton Schultz has a contract dispute and wants to be paid. They are already paying Mondo Bucks, overpaying Dak Prescott, and they're paying Mondo Bucks for Ezekiel Elliott. Tony Pollard is a free agent this offseason. The, um, they couldn't afford to keep Amari Cooper, who is Dak's BFF. They're going to have to pay C.D. Lamb here in, in a year, and their offensive line is in peril. So, uh, I don't think I think Schultz kind of seems like he's going to be the odd man out. I wouldn't doubt if Jake Ferguson, fourth rounder out of Wisconsin, he's not a good blocker. That hurts Ferguson, but he may end up being a pass catching weapon or slot player for the Dallas Cowboys offense. So keep an eye on that. that. Those are my stupid deep fantasy football players to keep an eye on this year. All right, let's go to our. Chat room, NFL Discord is what we call it. It is over at fantasyguru.com, and uh, there are a thousand questions for me in this one. Um, in my last draft, I found a way to bring up Mike Concho to see if there are any other FG guys drafting with me. No one knew what I was talking about, so I got him in the eighth round. Fucking fantastic. Yeah, nobody. We've done a good job keeping him. There's a lot of people pissed uh, that we are not saying the name. And fuck them, man. Yeah, honestly, like I'm sick and tired of it. People show up way too late, stumble in. Even you, if you guys are listening to the show and you didn't listen for the last month or two and you're stupid, listen, appreciate all the listens, but you got to put in better work. If you expect if you expect bigger and better returns, you have to put in some more effort too. That's the deal. I'm sorry. That's the deal here. And I will always deliver for our subscribers. Always. But I, it's never going to be, hey, do everything for me only. You know, we have those tools. We have the My Guru tool. We have instant printout cheat sheets, one click, blah, blah, blah. It's not the way I play. It's not what I endorse. We've got it because we know certain people like it. And if that's your thing, do it. But when you do that, take me out of it. I'm not at fault for your misery or your shitty team. It's not my fault. Like I said, I have a million words. I've written well over a million words this season on every coach and the coaches, the offensive lines, schemes, player outlook. We've got everything. I've said 20 million more words 
about all these players, podcasts and shows and radio and live streams and chats and discords. Okay. Just roll in, press a button. That's your right to do it. But I also have a right to defend myself and say, fuck off. If uh, you you're not up on all the latest lingo, that's on you. I'm sorry. Be an adult. That's what I would say. Um, what else we go? We got uh, Ravens backfield taking over Patriots backfield title of what the hell is going on. Pretty much. I think that's a great title. I think Ken and Drake has some early season flex appeal, if you will. So there you go. Uh, would you go Saquon Barkler, Keenan Allen, half point PPR league? I go Keenan Allen on that one. I like Saquon. I just don't love him. I like the Giants offense of what they're doing, but I want a wide receiver in the Giants, not the running back. Starting a draft soon, took on a terrible team, have two keepers, DJ Moore, Javante Williams, not bad. I have the number one pick. Options are Cup, Cook, Henry, Mixon, Najee. Now you said you took over a team. That means it's a keeper league. So we got to start thinking about this year and next year a little bit. Cook is off the board. Henry's off the board for me. It's Najee, it's Mixon, it's Cup. I would go Cup, Najee, Mixon in that order. Eh, just like my redraft. So there you go. Um, Murano 69 or Morian 69. Throwing this one out. Due to some weight lady on quarterbacks and these guys not knowing who to pick, I got stuck with Cousins as my starting quarterback because they doubled up on my targets. It's a 10-team league, and there are quarterbacks available, namely Lance. Should I drop either Russell Gage or Mostert to stash Lance on my bench? Good question. I wouldn't drop Mostert. I'm not dropping Mostert right now. I like Mostert. That's a good running game in Miami. Well, will he ever stay healthy? Probably not. Let's just face the facts. But I... I'd rather have that shot at running back and stick with Kirk Cousins than anything else. So for me, I, I would say just stick with Kirk Cousins. Um, Lance has more upside. I don't want upside. I don't want to take on risk at quarterback. I take on so much risk at running back, receiver, tight end. So I'm not doing it at the most stable position there is at quarterback. Plus, by the way, how do you 10-team league Let's see, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Hertz, Burrow, Lamar, Kyler. Those are seven easy ones. Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr. Those are the 10. Those are the 10 that started. You're telling me Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady are all off the board as well? That's the case. I get it. But I am don't love a 10-team league and having cousins. Not ideal. Uh, there we go. What else do we have? I've got, uh, uh, can we get your thoughts on wide receivers who are getting new quarterbacks? I.e. Pittman with Ryan McLaurin with Wentz, Debo with Lance. Absolutely. I love that question. Um, well, Pittman with Ryan, what we want is stability. We want to see, okay. So when doing player evaluations, right. Or my evaluation process always starts with the teams. Start with ownership, front office, through the draft. Then we get into the coach, the assistant coaches, the playbook, scheme that they're running, likely play caller, play play callers, play calls, the positional um, personnel groupings, I'm sorry, 
likely snap projected snap counts. We start making our projections from this. And then when it comes to quarterbacks and wide receivers, we say, all right, who, what skills fit what I want? Number one, does the quarterback fit the offense? Most of the time nowadays, it wasn't like this even five years ago, but they've gotten better. Pretty much most teams are building their offense around their quarterbacks at this stage. Very rarely do you see them trying to fit somebody into a different system. Okay. So that's important. If the quarterback fits the system and it's all built around that quarterback, then then you go, okay, well, what wide receivers best fit that combination? What is the offense trying to do with the football? That's see, that's a I think that's a missing part too in fantasy football analysis. Okay. Um, what are they doing? Are they trying to get, are they trying to hit the deep plays? Are they trying to stretch the field? Are they dinking and dunking? Are they, do they want to run the ball a hundred times a game? If, if given the opportunity, like what is the ultimate goal there? And, and you try to sort through each step of that. And then when you get a new quarterback in a, in a different system, you see how they fit. So with Ryan and Pittman, it's natural. It's perfect. They've always liked taller, bigger wideouts, Roddy White, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. That always seems to be a target of Matt Ryan. And you got a young guy in Pittman that fills all that, all those check boxes. Um, McLaurin is a downfield route runner. It's it's weird. I was not a Terry McLaurin guy for a couple of years. He had to prove it to me because I don't like undersized wide receivers who are also downfield players. I'd like if they play out of the slot, quick twitch, get open quick, run after the catch, cool. But when you're 5'11", which is Terry McLaurin, and, you know, um, built a little bit better though. He's like a little bit better built than you'd think. You, I like the Kenny Galladay, Cortland Sutton's down the field, manhandle your coverage and go up and get it kind of guys. Cause the reason I like that is because that they have better track records. They have better track records of success. They make bigger plays. They don't need as much to happen to make an impact on our fantasy teams. So it took a while with McLaurin, but he's a deep, he, gets open he he competes for the ball unlike anybody since antonio brown that i've seen that's undersized we'll say under six one six one and a half he competes for the football and he's been able to produce with some real shitty quarterback play carson wentz likes to throw it up he likes to take those risks down the field and he, he kind of feels like a nelson aguilar to me with Terry McLaurin and McLaurin is crazy better than Nelson Aguilar, obviously, but I think uh, I forgot what Aguilar's number. I think he caught like eight touchdowns for when with Wentz in that 2017 Super Bowl season. Um, And I think that McLaurin is every, you know, obviously way better than Nelson Aguilar, but I think that's just the combination there that works. So I like that one. As well, Debo with Lance doesn't fit very well. Lance, you know, uh, another guy, Lance and Justin Fields, these guys want to throw way down the field. They want to throw bombs every time. That's my biggest problem 
with Trey Lance is and Justin Fields is willing to go underneath and he's willing to run and all this. Trey Lance just says, fuck it. He wants to wing it. He knows Trey Lance doesn't have the confidence in his arm or his ability or the offense or his teammates because he doesn't have enough time. He doesn't have enough time or experience in professional football or even collegiate football to have that instilled in him. He thinks he has to make a ginormous play on every chance he can get. So that leads to some real deep down the field type passing. Okay. So that's what he's going to want to do. He's going to take too many shots down the field because those are balls that are getting intercepted and everything else. That's where like a Danny Gray and a Ray Ray McLeod are going to make some big plays for this 49er offense. The thing about, and then you say, well, Jeff, you'd like Debo Samuel a lot. Well, true. But Debo is super fast. He can get down the field. He can do all of that, but you don't need it all because of his rushing ability. And the fact that he's going to likely get 80 rush attempts this season, that is going to be massive. That, that just moves the floor all the way up. Debo did average 18.2 yards per catch last year. Only caught 77 balls at 1400 fucking yards. So Debo can get deep, will be a guy who can do that, but also, he, there's nothing Debo can't do, essentially. That's why I like him. All right. Um, so there you go. It would be very interesting to discuss players that you are considering moving materially in the rankings if circumstances change. Uh, i got to be honest. I don't know what that question is asking me. Um, players that I want to change? I mean, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any problems with that. Um, hmm, let me think. I, I mean, I don't – my first four rounds are pretty locked in. There's nothing that's going to change really now, I, I don't think. I think um, I got like Brees Hall, the offensive line, and some of the coaches' comments with Michael Carter's the number one. Travis Etienne, I, I – I'll, I have not been an ETN guy. I'm like the idea of ETN a lot more than more. We learned about James Robinson and his ineffectiveness in camp and, and likely, you know, obviously not playing early. I mean, that's like, I like, I want to find ways to move up ETN. I just can't really do it with Doug Peterson calling the shots there. So that's a guy I'd consider moving. Um, I think Alan Robinson, I would love to move up even more, but we can't. I think Robinson could be a massive weapon or will be a massive weapon for the LA Rams, but can I put him ahead of Mike Williams? Juju, DK Metcalf, I can't do that. I just can't do that with with the A-Rob, right? Nobody falls apart the way Allen Robinson did, and you still can have utter confidence in the player. I love him, but... Cooper Cup's the the one there. And what could happen is he plays that OBJ role where he's uh or Van Jefferson role from last year where he's basically a touchdown guy. So hope that answers the question, but I mean I didn't know what the question really meant. Laughing my ass off uh rant regarding nobody downgrading Brian Robinson. Yeah, that's it bothers me. Uh this question arose. Would you draft two guys from the same team early in redraft? Javante late in the second, Sutton available in the fourth. This happened to me and a few others in chat. 
I started Harris, Javante, Pittman, Sutton. Yeah, you know, a great question, Tommy J123 or Tommy J23. I'm not opposed to it, obviously. Not at all. Uh, we did that research project early on this summer about T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. For a while, I was thinking, well, there you can't have two top 10 wide receivers. And if you do, you, Joe Burrow would be the number one fantasy quarterback. Well, that's not totally true. Joe Burrow would be a top six fantasy quarterback if you have two top 10s. And notice I don't have Higgins in my top 10, but I'm a lot more open to that possibility than I was before doing the research in it. So I'm I'm okay with it. If it's my first and second pick, like if I did go, I, I think it would be horrible to start Chase and then go get Higgins. To me, I don't, I don't get, because remember this, th the way this game is built, it's a head-to-head -head scoring. That That's the only way you win games. Winning games is the only way you advance the playoffs. Winning in the playoffs is the only way you win a championship. What our goal is, is not to just score points. It's to win a championship. So you have to be consistent. So I don't like that Javante Williams scores and Sutton isn't. I think that caps some of our upside. Okay. So I don't want my first two picks necessarily being like that or doing that and, and counterbalance counteracting each other. If it's a quarterback wide receiver, fuck it. Yeah. Because you get credit for the touchdown pass and the touchdown catch. Great. But you don't with the wide receiver tight end. You don't get with two wide receivers. You don't get wide receiver running back. So those are issues I have now having Javante and Sutton rounds two and four. That's less. It's better than one and three. And you know, I wouldn't go then Albert O, obviously. I wouldn't try to get Russell Wilson in that regard because I think anytime what, – what happens is when you build a team that's reliant on one team. That's why if the 07 Patriots and the 2012 Broncos and all these great offenses, the eight, 2018 Chiefs, all it takes is a week 15, 16, 17 bed shitting and you lost. One bad weather game where it scores nine to seven or 14 to 10 and you're fucked. That's why I don't like limiting that upside. I like diversifying. So if it's the best player clearly at those positions and what Tommy asked about Javante in the second, Sutton in the four, I'm fine with it. Fine with that. But that would be my cap on, on Broncos. I don't need any more of the Broncos. I don't want to stack all this up because that's not something they're going to do. Um, do, do, do what else? Uh, Sub was discussing with me. Robinson didn't go on pup. He'll be playing after week four. Uh, I think that's a fair analysis right now. Uh, if Brian Robinson, here's another Brian Robinson question from our fantasy group chat. If he's back practicing week two or three, uh, immediate drug test. Okay. But what do we think of him? If he practices after two or three weeks, I think that's about, I expect it. He'll probably practice in two weeks. It's far from game level. We've got to be careful. We don't know what the wounds look like. We don't know what one hit can do. Right. So that, I think that was, that's the problem there. I have so much, uh, Michael Hardman, best ball. I want to diversify, but I get pissed off uh, a bit. I passed on him myself toward the end. Receivers Jefferson, Deontay, Godwin, Gallup, Landry, and got Pitts at tight end. Oh, that's pretty good wide receiving core. 
I don't mind diversifying, right? Um, diversify in the right places. You should know who your late round targets are. You should know who your early round targets are. If you want to spin one or two out, fine. You should have the same core. If you can't come up with a core players, that's why during the NFL season, we do our daily fantasy football core four. It's why our live streams are called the core four live streams. We build, if you can't come up with four players that can set you up for success, the rest of your lineups doesn't fucking matter, right? You should be able to build a strong foundation and then interchange the parts. And if you hit on all the parts, obviously you're going to win. If you, But the goal is to win even when you don't hit on all the parts. I think a seasonal roster is very similar with that. So when you have Deontay and Jefferson and Juju and Godwin and Gallup Landry, you don't, you know, Hardman is icing on the cake. So I don't mind diversifying that. Um, dun, 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 people talking about the extent of the wounds. Should he be downgraded? Should we stash a Kenny Gainwell or Tyran David Price? <sighs> Man, that's a good question. At this point, I think Kenny Gainwell, because Miles Sanders still isn't practicing. Like, I don't know if Miles Sanders fucking plays first couple weeks. So you may have a starting running back in Kenny Gainwell. So I would go Gainwell slightly there. If you're talking who would I rather be invested in long-term all season, I think TDP has more upside there, right? Um, but, but, but this question arose, Mixon. Oh, Mixon with Chase or Higgins. I wouldn't, I would go Mixon and Chase if they're my first two rounds. We're back to the uh, fantasy chef. Wanted to talk about that drafting player on the same team. Mix and Chase, absolutely. Mix and Higgins, no. Chase and Higgins, no. In my uh, do, 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 no, I read that question already. Um, let's see. Any other questions here? Adams and Javante. Is it a good start? Yes. I love people ask me, is this a good start? Yeah. You got two of the best 10 players? Sure. Um, Bum, bum, bum. There we go. Some people asking for Rich Mileto and the podcast. Would love to get Rich on here. That's our guy. Uh, writes for us at Fantasy Guru and does a great, great job for sure. Let's see. Yeah, I think that's about it for the questions. I mean, there's a lot of people talking in here. Trade question. Has Mahomes and Burrow in a two QB league with Cup and Juju. I have a trade offer. Burrow for Stafford. Does it make sense to stack Stafford with Cup? He has Higgins. No, 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 you don't have to. Their stacking is way overrated, right? It's fine and it's good, but you don't have to stack. If you can, I would rather have a, you know, you got to look at it from an overall point standpoint. It feels better when Burrow connects with Higgins or in this case, Stafford connects with Cup, you get all the points. But if Burrow's going to score more fantasy points than Matt Stafford, right? And Cup's going to score more than Higgins, then you'd want to have Burrow and Higgins. You know what I mean? Like we sometimes get lost in that minutia where we want the connection so bad that we're not seeing the obvious choices. I would rather have the better fantasy quarterback and the better fantasy receiver. And right now you do with Cooper and Burrow. So I'm not trading Burrow for Stafford. 
you know, I'm not that worried about Stafford's elbow, but it's still an issue. Right. It's still something to consider. So I'm not doing that deal whatsoever. All right. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, a lot of people, man, people don't know Mike Concho is, I don't know what the fuck to tell you, man. I have no idea. Just no idea what to even fathom of you guys not knowing who Mike Concho is. If you, if you listen to this podcast, I've named on this podcast. I've named it a hundred times before. Third overall pick, Cup, Najee, or Mixon? Yes. That's the order. I mean, that's the thing, you guys. I have rankings. I update the rankings all the time and the projections as well and the draft book and the Manifesto draft plan. So I consult those. And if you're telling me I've got your second overall, third overall, fourth overall pick, who should I choose? Go with your sec- the second. That's what I would tell you to do. All right. Um... There you go, man. We're at about an hour at this stage already. I'm going to wrap this sucker up. Hopefully, I I provide enough information. I I just want to really motivate y'all to not pay attention to this fake news bullshit. I don't want to sound like a politician saying that either. What I really mean is there really isn't good information. It's completely speculation and conjecture. That's all that's happening right now. Oh, this other news item, Matt LaFleur talking, well, the ball's going to get spread around. That's coach speak. Coaches will always say that. The quarterback controls who he throws the ball to. Aaron Rodgers has had a stud receiver every single fucking year he's ever played. Every year, guys. Donald Driver at the start and Greg Jennings and... Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams. And, you know, we just keep going and going and going. So stop freaking out about this. All right, just stop. And every single year in Matt LaFleur's offense, there has been an alpha wide receiver, and that alpha wide receiver was Devontae Adams. Okay? The, uh, even before, uh, last year at McCarthy, Devontae Adams had 13 touchdowns, 1,386 yards receiving. Back in 2018. All right. And so, and every year Aaron Rodgers has been there, there's been other alpha, massive wide receivers. Devontae Adams didn't play a full season in um, uh, 2017, but he had 900 yards and 10 touchdowns in 13 games that year. Jordy Nelson had six touchdowns in, uh, in, you know, playing at 32 years old that year so if you know that shitty team with mike mccarthy is the one you're going to reference oh maybe it gets spread around but every other year i mean jordy nelson the year before at 1257 yards 14 touchdowns Devontae adams had 997 and 12 touchdowns for aaron Rodgers that year um year before that you had another eight touchdowns for james jones and Richard Rodgers, that was the uh, – and Randall Cobb at 800 yards. That's a spread-out year. I'll say that in uh, 2015. That was the only time that I could go back to that Aaron Rodgers had a successful season and they spread the ball around a little. But they all, were all hurt anyway. Before that, Randall Cobb at 1,287 yards, 12 touchdowns. Jordy Nelson, 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns in 2014, the year before that. 
Rodgers always has a dominant. And don't be a pussy. That I can't express to you guys. Stop wimping out. Stop saying, oh, it's going to be equal parts. That's that play that that's for a bunch of wimps. Don't play this game this way. Don't be afraid to make those calls. Don't say things that don't make sense, right? Don't say everything's going to be spread around and it's even. It's never happened before. I'll give you one in the last eight years that it's happened and injuries played a major role in a different style of offense and a non-MVP season for Aaron Rodgers. So, no, there is an alpha. His name is Mike Concho, and that's how it's going to be. And if you don't agree it's Mike Concho, then fine. Say Then it's going to be somebody else. Then pick Romeo Dubs or Sammy Watkins or Christian Watson or Randall Cobb, whatever. Just pick something. Just invest in something. Don't be this middle-of-the-lane pussy. You need to step it up. You need to do better. Play this game like you mean it. Have confidence in your convictions. All right? And if you disagree with something I say, that's fine. But make a case on why. Why? Don't base your opinion off of nonsense that you hear on Twitter or Facebook or wherever. These people are just floating out garbage numbers, garbage statistics, garbage news, trying to throw you off your game. Don't fucking fall for it. All right? Um, Last bit of news. Oh, I want to address one other thing here. Drafters.com. This is, Drafters has $20 million prize pool in best ball fantasy football, okay? They have 55,000 entries that, it's up to 55,000. There's only 27,000 entries right now. There are less than, this is less than halfway full, and there's a week left to the season. One week to the season starts, and drafts will close. What I'm telling you is, as of now, there is a 68% chance for you to enter and win money in this contest. How do you do the figure, man? Well, they are, they pay out 18% of the field. When it's a guaranteed prize pool, which is required by law, they can't, just because the contest doesn't fill, doesn't mean they they can't take it away. That million dollars is being distributed. Somebody's going to win these prizes. And thus, the bottom, you don't, you know, if, if they only get to 30,000, entries and they have I, I don't know what the number is that the amount of uh payouts overall i think it's like 9000 places like 91 yeah 9100 spots get paid out and if there's only 30000 fucking entries that's pretty goddamn good uh, that is really good odds on your money, and that is where you have an extraordinarily great opportunity to cash, all right, and better than you'll ever, ever get anywhere else in fantasy football. So my subscribers of Fantasy Guru want me to stop talking about it. 
I'm not going to stop talking about it. And let me, let me get into this because somebody accused me, well, you get all these free entries from drafters and all this shit. No, I do not. Absolutely not. Have I been offered free entries into contests and events before? Absolutely. I do. I probably get offered every single year into something. Somebody wants to do something. Um, the way we do our business at fantasyguru.com, it ruffles some people's feathers wrong, but I believe it's the right way. Remember, I have a business background. I sold a tech company to GE back in 2003. I have I started fantasyalarm.com. Um, you know, I made the move here to Guru Elite. I merged it with Fantasy Guru. I merged that and got that bought out. So I kind of know what I'm doing. And that doesn't mean you have to be an asshole or shady or anything else. I pay for every single entry that I ever make in any contest ever. Okay. Years ago, probably at least eight years ago, I, when I was running hot in DFS, I was getting freebies left, right, and center. They were throwing me. And I mean, it was to the point where they were just putting it into my account. They, would just put free tickets into $1,000 tournaments into my account. Okay. After I, you know, not, they didn't do it before, but after I started winning and I won hundreds of thousands of dollars and it was around that point where I realized, and I took them up on it and I played in them and I realized, I don't know, months into it. I said, you know what? Just feels wrong. It just doesn't feel Right. I can't genuinely can't do it. I threw away a huge video partnership with DraftKings. As a result, they tried to get me to control what I would say um, on my videos and the contests I would promote. I said, I can't do that. I have to promote what I believe in. I have to promote what gives the customer the best chance to win. They wanted me to promote Millie Maker. I said, don't play the Millie Maker. They didn't like that. I lost a lot of money and fantasy alarm at that point lost a lot of money. Um, I got, I was on the FanDuel show. I hosted the FanDuel show on Sirius XM and then FanDuel was constantly nagging at me that I was telling people to play the wrong contest. And uh, they didn't like me saying to avoid this and do this. They, they didn't like it. And they constantly hounded me and yelled at me for that. I have been, I've gone too many rounds with all these companies, betting companies, DFS companies, seasonal, high stakes, that I, I've refused to play ball anymore. What I will do and what Drafters has done is uh, they have sponsored our events. They sponsor a training camp over at Fancy Guru, which you could still get in, by the way. All of our videos, all of our how-tos, and the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship. Guys, by the way, we had like 5,000 people come to the training camp event. And like only 300 of you have signed up for your leagues. Sign up for your fucking leagues. Go to fantasyguru.com. On the top, there's training camp. There's a menu. EMFF Championship. That's Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship. Hit that link. Okay? And on that link, it'll take you to a page where the league sign-up page. You hit it. It's on rtsports.com. And you could – there's all 18-round PPR – all the leagues available tell you how many are, are available to you all the way through. And we, we can continue to open up more and more and more and more leagues as they fill. 
So get in on that right now, everybody. So like Drafter sponsored that. Uh, we have a sponsorship for uh, this podcast, and they've done things like that. So does Fantasy Guru get paid for that? Absolutely. Do I benefit in any way directly? Absolutely not. Does any of our content providers benefit directly? Absolutely not. Do our content providers fucking hate me for that? Absolutely do, probably. Absolutely. Do our content providers sometimes try to take side deals and everything else? Absolutely. Do those content providers work here currently? They do not. That's not how we're doing business. I believe, I, I listen, you all, I don't think the customers are dumb. And I've built three businesses now based on this exact stance, and I, I'll believe it till the day I die. My dad was a grocery store manager, and customers were the very most important thing to him, and I believe it in any business. I, I believe you guys are smart enough. Now, I'll tell you, we get scammed. Like, you guys should see some of the scams. People will like, hey, I signed up, but I really don't like it uh, on a Saturday afternoon, and they were there for four hours. And by the way, like, we could tell what pages you hit, so then you you if you're gonna turn around and say, I'm gonna cancel and I would like a full refund, like you can't, they're not giving you a full refund. We know you downloaded the rankings. We saw you, we know you did it. You don't get to cancel. You know, there's a percentage of people that are like that. And that's with any business. It's not different. I think for the most part, you guys understand I get paid. I make a salary. The company needs to get paid. We would like to hire more people and We'd like to give raises. I actually dished out several raises this this last week for our content providers, right? So there's an understanding there. There's also a stand, understanding that you say, hey, I understand you guys got to do what you got to do to make money, but listen, I'm not going to pay an arm or leg for your content when and have all you guys fucking you know, do shitty jobs. You, you know, give us skim on the content and drive your fucking Mercedes around, right? And I think that's a fair exchange. That's what I believe in. We pay good wages. I make a ton of money. No question about that. No question. Um, but I work every day to earn that kind of money. And uh, my play and everything, I think, proves it. And when I don't, I will be shit-canned. I'm sure of it. But, you know, so I, I make good money. No question about that. Um but I don't think, you know, nobody cares. I don't think you guys really hate that. But I'm not going to lie to you. That's the that's the trade, right? I'm not going to endorse a product that I'm, and I told SiriusXM this, and they didn't like it for years, but now they've come around and they ask me every time, hey, what do you think about, notice the reads on the XM show, FFPC, love them. Um, underdog, love them, Right drafters love them like these are the reads that we do on the show mattress firm love them i got nothing i got nothing for mattress firm i do these reads or i don't get anything from it no i don't get any money for that by the way like i do all these reads i don't take any money i used to back in the old days i used to make money for uh reads and shit on the show i don't do that anymore absolutely not everything i get paid is flat rate that way i could do the job and be direct and honest with every one of you that's how the business of this works and for any content provider and aspiring content provider, I strongly recommend you do that as well. I know you want to make deals with every company and give your promo codes and make your little $25 ahead or $50 ahead. Okay. But it's not the right way to go. 
I don't think you have to do that. I don't think that's the right way to do it. I just don't. So when it comes to drafters, f- folks, the bottom line is you will never, you just don't, the math tells you you'll never have this great of a chance to make money. When I see an opportunity for you to make money, I'm going to tell you, I have to be able to do that. Whether it's RT Sports, oh, RT Sports, uh, sponsored, uh, they are an amazing company that has given us no money for this. They're just a great company that could set up the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship. And I've played on their site for years as well. Strongly endorse their product. That's another one, right? Um, I talk about it. I give the, the core four. I do FanDuel and I do Superdraft. Superdraft is amazing because they allow they build all of our cash games the way the elite mafia likes the way i play fantasy football daily fantasy football i don't advertise millie maker i don't advertise i'm a cash game single entry 50 50 so i play on these sites when super draft came to me years ago i had a big meeting with them they said listen whatever you want what do you want to what would you how would you advise we handle our business i'd say give it to people give people more opportunity to win money they're going to be happier with your product winning money is great a better chance to win money 50 percent chance everybody's happy i've told DraftKings that FanDuel that every dfs company that's ever come to me i've said that they all don't go for it because they get more money on million makers but they disguise it they think oh we're giving away a million dollars well you're taking in two <laughs> you know or you're taking in hundreds of thousands of dollars so right you give away a million but nobody else makes any money in that whole contest so it's a bad idea so anyway, I just want that to be clear. All right. I have to remind everybody, I think it's a fair trade-off. I think that you know, we as a company will do sponsorships, but we will do them with companies that we believe in. Betcha.com is another one that we have a deal with, but again, no free entries. I will not accept free entries. I don't want to be played for free. I want to play this game just like everybody else, because that's the way I could give the best analysis the best type and I'm in drafts with our people. I understand though, in the age of influencers, a lot of people in my industry have gone into the influencing route and I promote a lot of stuff on my Twitter feed and even on uh, TikTok and other places, Facebook. But I promise you, I, I, on my children's lives, I play in these contests. I believe in these contests. I enjoy these contests. There's nothing misleading about it you don't have to if you don't like it understood uh, fuck i'm not playing that fucking thing jeff i don't want to draft 18 but okay cool totally understand it you know i promote give it a try i like the fact that they you know have these odds to win and i like i like the cut of their jib i like the way they do business i like that it's not them there's only fifty five thousand um compared to you know four hundred fifty one thousand you know, in other places, these, so those differences are what matter to me and they don't have to matter to you. So uh, there you go. Just wanted to make sure we preach transparency here at fantasyguru.com and uh, in everything we do, because that's what, how we roll. It's going to do it for episode 126. Thank you guys for all your questions. Hopefully I answer them properly. We'll do uh, one more uh, big prediction show coming up next week. Cannot wait for that. Remember showtime on Sirius XM changes three to 5 PM Eastern every weekday afternoon, starting on labor day, the 4th of September. So get over there. Remember radio 20 discount code available to you at fantasyguru.com. Come join us 
We think differently. We act differently. It's a different type of fantasy sports company. We've got your back. We're in it with you in the thick of it, day in, day out. Rain, wind, sun, shine, win, lose, tie. We got your back. That's what happened. That's what happens at fantasyguru.com. You may disagree with some or everything you heard on today's episode, and that's perfectly all right, folks. Why? You know why. Because it was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!